Hoops fans, water hockey fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get 150 in free bets if you win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars with their first deposit. To get in on this, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now with promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 and up, minimum age and location restrictions vary. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full list of requirements. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Let's get back to the show. Throw music right this time. It's always right. Welcome back to episode 63 of Water Hockey, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and proudly supported by DraftKings. As always, use promo code THPN on the DraftKings app to get in on all of the action today. And make sure to share Water Hockey with all your friends and your family or your enemies, whoever, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, even LinkedIn and YouTube, uh, all at Water Hockey. Uh, We've got another stellar guest lined up for you guys. We're just literally hitting the French Fry Nation with just the absolute most well-educated, coolest background story guest that we've had in a, in a while. Like, we're going on week three of a three-week run. Uh, that was tough to say in itself of just... Say, say it again. Try it again. Th- Let's th- try one more time. Three-week one. There you go. <laughs> Three-week run. Nailed it. Uh, so we will definitely bring that guest on in just a moment. But as always, we're humans too. And you guys want to hear about us. So first and foremost, let's catch up. I am Fink, but we're going to start, as always, even though I sometimes say Jason, Patrick. Patrick, <laughs> how was your weekend? Man, I love that curveball you threw last week. I I even fooled myself. It's like, you know, if you Darvish sets up for like a slider and he just throws it off a little bit and it turns into a curveball, but it's still a strikeout. That's how it felt. <laughs> wow. Sorry, that given, was a, that given was, the uh, the pre show talk and, and and how f- your your frustrations with the baseball are right now. Surprise! Surprise to not hear a baseball, baseball yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, uh, yeah, our, our uh, yeah definitely want to uh, say it sucks if you're a, a major league baseball fan. Uh, but as someone who, as a show who supports minor leagues, now is the time because minor league baseball will continue as scheduled. So if you're here in the DFW area, the Frisco Rough Riders, those are going to be your guys. They have one of the most, one of the most amazing ballparks, not just in the minor leagues, but just in baseball period. It's beautiful uh, out there in Frisco. So, uh, you know, support minor leagues that goes for the Allen Americans as well. AllenAmericans.com. Get your tickets there. 
you know, it's a tough time right now, but that doesn't mean that the hockey is any less entertaining and it's always the best ticket in town for the price, uh, including the beer and the pregame beers are $2 at all home games till puck drop. So, uh, but Patrick, any circuses? Any what a circuses? natural plug for yeah. the All-Americans. Yeah, I, I, I got to show you. It wasn't even scripted. Like, I'm looking at the run sheet. I see nothing <laughs> about that. So I'm just, I right mean, on. we've we've got a we've got a veteran to the media game joining us today, so I have to be on top you to of everything. Yeah, it's A-game so far. Yeah, so. it's, it's A-game only today. Off to a good start. Man, my weekend was subdued, which was nice. We have been running and gunning every weekend it seems like since the year started for the most part <clears throat> but we uh did a little shopping on saturday and then yesterday i went so for those that don't know which i think includes y'all i am a big video game guy yes and yes. stevie yes. is yes. not a big video game person mm-hmm but she texted me and she was talking with her boss about Animal Crossing on the Switch. Okay. So I was like, you never want to play video games. So yeah, of course I'm going to go buy it. <laughs> so I went and bought it and she played for probably two hours last night after we had dinner and watched a couple episodes of Euphoria. And as we are recording this, she is also playing again. She said, I couldn't wait to get home to play. I was like, there you go. Dude. I, there you go, dude. I've, I've been yeah. trying to find a game that you enjoy, and we finally have one. So, and Animal Crossing is pretty fun from how much I've played so far, which is not much, but I enjoy it. So, yeah. I mean, it sounds like a win. It sounds like a win all the way around. Absolutely. And oh, I also had a golf lesson, which is ongoing. Other That's than that, it's forever, forever, for anyone that plays. It's frustrating, yeah. but we're getting there. We're getting there. Could That's pretty much it, man. Nice. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, spring is right around the corner. It's time to get, uh, get ready for, I mean, this is primetime golf season. Uh, you know, Absolutely. Make, sure you, make sure your bag's full. And before we kick it over to Jason and check out his weekend, what kind of bags are you repping, Jason? What, uh, what bags do you keep full with all of your hockey equipment? Well, all my hockey equipment gets put in that badass Conway and Banks bag. Uh, if you guys are looking to replace that old moldy hockey bag with a busted zipper, go check out ConwayandBanks.com. They make premium quality bags that are built to last, and they include removable organizers in there to keep all your gear organized. It's true. Uh, my personal favorite feature on it is that built-in foot mat, Same. and uh, it keeps my feet dry from those nasty locker rooms that Richardson, I'm sorry. Sorry, uh, Kenny. Sorry, Kenny. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they do come in three different sizes and colors, so you'll be sure to find one that you love. You get 10% off by using code WHATAHOCKEY10. And uh, go get your gear to the rink in style. Style, style, style. But yeah, so how was your weekend, Jason? <laughs> it was really good. Uh, started Friday, obviously. Uh, left work an hour early. Don't tell anybody. Uh, but it was my anniversary this weekend, so oh, I had yeah. to do it. Happy anniversary. happy anniversary. Everyone's happy. Five years. Five, five years. Five years. Five Friday. Five. Last Friday. Heck so yeah, yeah, it was good, though. Uh, good times. Snuck out early, met the wife at happy hour. Uh, still went to go play hockey Friday night because that is still her time. 
two one wind on Fridays, so and she kicks me out of the house. Five years, love that. Uh, that's and the hallmark then, of so a good we relationship. Just, mm-hmm. Absolutely, got to do it. Got to do it. Uh, what's the word? Oh my gosh, the bird. Nope, <laughs> the bird the is the word. word. But oh, the word when people like talk up to each other and like uh, communicate. Negotiate. Thank you. Not negotiate. That's not really the word. <laughs> so you made it five years is negotiating. Negotiating <laughs> with terrorists sometimes. But no. It's a good thing my wife doesn't listen. Yeah. Uh, no. So then we went out uh, Saturday and celebrated. Went to Randy's Steakhouse up in Frisco. And it was great. Saw that. Got yourself a tomahawk. Phenomenal. Yeah. We split the tomahawk. Beautiful. And had a side of Mac and a couple nice. drinks. And then called it a night. We love to a good it. time. Well, happy anniversary to you guys. Uh, Obviously, killing it in the marriage game, uh, setting a phenomenal example for all of the French fries. Uh, Whoever you may love, check out Jason and uh, and his his missus because they're doing it right. Communication Uh, is key. It is. Negotiation is key. Uh, (laughs) Well, I hate to say it, Lil Pylon suffered a a big fat L on Sunday night. This is why we don't play Sunday night hockey. We play Friday night hockey. Uh, Got a huge... I was wondering what you guys were Friday night. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, the, the ice storm that awkwardly canceled the ice hockey game. Uh, I think that was one of our makeups. So uh, the Knights played a great game, but the uh, little pylons just uh, couldn't, couldn't get it done short on the bench. Uh, but, but long, long in the heart or whatever, but awesome weekend. Got to catch the stars, which we will definitely be chatting about here in just a second. Uh, just absolutely obliterate the Sabres, which we expected and thankfully uh, did so. And then the uh, the now viral uh, friend of the show, Vern Fiddler, uh, fight at the alumni game, which was absolutely hilarious. Uh, Brooke and a couple of our coworkers were all sitting there at the alumni game. Um, you know, he slapped the he slapped sticks with uh, the guy on the Red Wings alumni. And then I was like, there's no way. And then uh, they didn't dub it uh, in the video. But uh, I think it's Alabama's got to have a fiddle in the band was playing whenever they were two-stepping, but I don't think they had the rights for it. So they had to uh, chime in with some different music. Anyway, all around fantastic weekend full of hockey. We're a hockey podcast. Uh, and now I'm, this is, this is something I'm extremely excited about our guest today. Um, I have actually known this guy for a very long time and he is a big inspiration to me because I was listening to the Russ Martin show. And that's really how I got into like listening to anything talk radio. Um, if you guys are in the DFW area, obviously Russ Martin has been a staple in radio rest in peace for, I mean, decades. And so, uh, you know, he was a, a part of that team way back in the day. Um, but he is, the VP of News Talk and Sports for Odyssey Dallas. He is also a co-host of Spits and Suds along with uh, one of the alumni that was at the Stars alumni game, Cred Ludwig, on Sunday. Uh, and he is probably going to be one of the most knowledgeable guests that we have on, even though he will say he's not. We were talking in the pre-show about how he's been watching tape on some of these guys in the past for his podcast. Uh, which you can find on all podcast platforms and listen to him on 105 through the fan. He is the one and only hockey hawk. I wish I had the sound effect. Gavin Spittle, welcome to Water Hockey. <laughs> I'll give you a caca. There we go. <laughs> that, that, that's my that's my best one. What uh how did Craig look on Sunday? Uh the he wore the most vintage gear 
out yeah. of every single player on the Stars alumni roster, and everyone just kind of was giggling at his helmet. I mean, he has yeah. the flat like it almost was. It looked pre-Jofa, uh, <laughs> but he looked great out there. All of the guys did. They mic'd up Turco. Everyone was having a great time. I can't. I feel terrible, but I can't remember the goalie's name that they put in net for the Red Wings at the very beginning. But he had his mask on from what I want to say was the late seventies, early eighties yeah. before they had the full mask. I mean, this was uh, Casey Jones Ninja Turtle esque mask. I mean, we're talking yeah. Jerry Cheers move. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I, those, those were the days, man. You know, it's a, it's amazing to think that, you know, those, those goalies, even before they wore masks, um, you know, it's amazing that people didn't wear helmets back then. Um, you know, yeah. I remember the big debate on whether or not ha- helmets should be mandatory. Um, so it's just crazy how times have changed. Yeah, now we're talking about should fighting be mandatory, but that's a discussion for a different day. Uh, first and foremost, like I said, you're with 105 through the fan. Jason and Patrick are P1s, and they have been very oh, cool. very vocal about that. But I am I am the <laughs> resident fan fan, have been since day one. Uh, how are things going up at the station? I, I know we were talking a little bit in the pre-show. Things are kind of crazy right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, from the fan perspective, everything's going well. And, you know, when people are fans of, you know, the ticket, you know, good for them. I mean, I think the more sports, the better in this town. I think what I'm most proud to say is that we have two viable sports stations that are recognized nationally. And I think that's, you know, it's not fan versus ticket or ticket versus fan. I mean, you know, it's, it's hard to believe, but uh, I think it was one month ago, you know, I was pulling some figures and 9% of ticket listeners listen to the fan and 9% of fan listeners listen to the ticket. You know, it, it, they're incredibly surprising. loyal to their yeah. brands. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, that, that doesn't happen in other markets. You know, other sports cities, you'll have, you know, 40 up to 50% sharing of audience. Um, so, you know, they're different, they're different stations, but, uh, you know, a team fan keeps chugging along, love the lineup that we have, love the guys, you know, everyone's got their hands in the middle. Um, you know, real, real excited about the future. So it's, uh, it's good. I love working with those guys. They're great teammates to have. Um, they, they resonate with the listeners, which I think is real cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of the things that we're doing, I think will pay dividends in the year to come, you know, whether it's, you know, our Twitch broadcast or streaming, we're the only, you know, station that does live sports streaming and mm-hmm. we're on Twitch and 1053thefan.com as well as our YouTube channel has taken off. So we got a lot going for ourselves. So it's, uh, it's pretty exciting. Well, I'm I'm super pumped to have you on. Uh, and speaking of podcasts, we're on one. We talked about yours, uh, Spits and Suds. Uh, this is technically kind of a second season for you because you had a podcast before, uh, yeah. and then you kind of shifted the name a little bit. Uh, got a new co-host. Nothing against the former co-host uh, Shippy over the DJ for the Stars. Now, um, you know there are, those episodes are still out there, but you are now recording with uh, Stars alumni and borderline legend might I say, because of the shin pads, Craig Ludwig. Uh, how has it been recording for, with someone who has been on the ice at the NHL level for, God, h- however long he was on the Stars and in the NHL? Well, Craig and I go way back to the Russ Martin days, and that's when we got to know each other. And I've always wanted to fight him, and <laughs> he has never been willing to drop the mitts. Um, I always challenge him. And, 
Craig, Craig forever will make fun of me and that's okay. You know, when we go out, he makes fun of me. Um, but you know, it's an honor. It's awesome. You know, uh, I don't want to date him, but you know, I was, I grew up in Boston and I was at the Boston gardens when the old Boston gardens, when Chris Knuckles Nyland took a run at, uh, Rick Middleton and mm -hmm. basically, you know, damaged his face severely, which erupted in a, a huge brawl between the Canadians and the Bruins and Luds was part of that game. So it's kind of like really cool to be working with him now. And, uh, you know, it's great because what I like about Craig is, is that he doesn't hold back. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you get players, whether it be on the fan or any radio station and they, they want to protect others. You know, they don't want to say something. And that's not Craig. He speaks his mind. He says what's on his mind. And he talks about hockey in a simplistic fashion um, in that I think listeners can understand what he's talking about. And right. he gives, uh, I love asking him questions from a player's perspective about, you know, quote unquote, the room and what some of the players are doing that might not show up on the stat sheet. For instance, is Jamie Ben. You know, the player he once was as far as points, no. But Jamie Benn, you know, defensively and physically, I think has had a really good year. And the same thing with Tyler Sagan, when you look at him, I mean, do I think for that salary he should be putting more points on the board? Yeah, because the expectations are high. But Tyler Sagan over the years has become a very good defensive player. And I, I think that's not talked about enough. I mean, is he one of the best? Is he a Bergeron or you know, uh, Ryan O'Reilly or someone like that. No, but I mean, he's turned into a very good defensive player. So we kind of get into those things. And uh, I personally love hearing the Craig Ludwig stories of the past because, you know, he'll say things that it's like, are you kidding me? You know, a couple of weeks ago, he talked about the time that he was in the wrestling ring and it's like, what? You know, <laughs> uh, he was roommates with Dave Tippett at University of North Dakota, you know, so there's that perspective. Um, you know, he obviously knows a lot of people around the league um, and, and just the stories that he, you know, I just kind of kick back, you know, kind of like with the Sergei Zuboff retirement ceremony. I was like, take me through the night. And he complained that they didn't have enough beer for him. And, you know, they, they were playing <laughs> jokes on each other. You know, he told this great story of, you know, Zuboff texted him because Craig wasn't mentioned in the speech and Zuboff texted you know, Craig um, and Hatcher, a copy of the speech, which had their names. And he said, so sorry. And Craig wrote, you know, wrote back in a group text. He's like, hey, man, I got no problem. And he's like, but Hatcher's pissed. <laughs> so, you know, that started and that, you know, Hatcher didn't answer immediately. And then a couple hours later, he's like, nah, that's just Ludwig being Ludwig. So, you know, when I get those stories, I, I just love it. You know, he's the star of the show. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I love, so it, it, you know, it's, it's a, it's great, you know, taking an hour or so from my daily life and being able to just talk stick and puck. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a nice little break. And I think I speak for all of us, for us as well. And yeah, yeah it's awesome to, to listen to it. Yeah. Like I said, if you have not heard it, go check out those episodes. They come out, um, it, they come out weekly, correct? Yeah, they come out weekly. Yeah, you know, I'll I'll usually Craig's, you know, Craig's a very good coach as far as the Stars Elite team. So, mm -hmm. you know, I try to work around his coaching schedule. 
Yeah, and it's it's always I'll always repost it and give it a listen. It's it's awesome. You guys always answer the fans' questions, and I love uh, I love Lud's uh, reaction to some of the questions. He's he had a great water Waterburger order, by the way. I asked uh, you were kind enough to ask him the what's his go to Waterburger order, and he said depends on if I'm going at three a.m. or three p.m. <laughs> <laughs> Very valid point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I definitely tried to get my water hockey uh, plugs in for you guys as well. Yeah, we appreciate it, but yeah, it was it's it's always it's always a pleasure to listen to those shows. So, uh, I mean, you've been in Dallas for a while now and support the stars, uh, but you know, you love, you love the sport of hockey. Uh, that being said, what, are, what are your kind of your early memories of the sport and how you came about to, to love it? So, as I mentioned, I grew up in Boston. So my dad used to take me and I was a part of the gallery gods, um, you know, in the upper level. And back then, you know, the gallery gods was like the real loud, raucous, you know, crowd. My memories were that the old Boston Garden did not have the proper cooling system. So if it was warm outside or humid, the and Craig remembers this and told me about this, the, the players would actually have to skate around the ice really quick together. You're talking about opponents and they'd all get in a line and basically like they were speed skating to take the fog off of the ice because when you were playing at times you couldn't see Mm -hmm. and this is an indoor arena so you know those are some of my early um memories and and the old arenas the odd in buffalo as well as the hartford civic center for the great the great whale as they're known and um they couldn't make it as a franchise but their logo still lives on proudly today so those are my memories and then i came to dallas in 2003 and it was kind of an interesting story. Um, a person I was working with, I think on my second day, we were sitting in the office talking about a game plan for the old Live 105.3. And he said, you a hockey fan? I was like, yeah, I like hockey. And he said, uh, cool. And he picks up the phone and he calls the stars. And he says, hey, man, we got a new program director in town. And you know, he's interested in buying season tickets. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> And he just puts his hand up. He's like, I got this. And he's like, so, but he wants to check out the arena and see what it's like. And he's like, okay, yep, yep, yep. All right. So Wednesday night, four tickets. Great. Thanks. And he's like, hey, I just got your four tickets to Wednesday night game, Wednesday night's game. I didn't know anybody. So I went to the game by myself. It was the Stars <laughs> against the Flames. And I'm single. And I was like, you know what? I am going to buy season tickets. So I can take dates to the game. There you go. And um, that was 19 years ago. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm a season ticket holder of 19 years. And, um, you know, I've definitely seen a lot. So, you know, from my perspective, like, you know, going to the games, I really started getting into it. And I noticed a void kind of in town as far as stars talk. Um, back then so you know then twitter came to fruition and other aspects of social media and it was cool because you know i started to really get into it and and for those that you know i I like to give away secrets you have to watch hockey night in canada it's Mm -hmm. worth the price of admission i don't know what happens between canadian information and why it doesn't make it down to the united states yeah but you know, those guys, the Elliot Friedmans, the Jeff Merricks, you know, they're on the phone with the agents. Those are great follows. So, you know, you watch those, you take notes. And then, you know, I started making calls myself and I started tweeting, t- 
putting stuff out. I started watching tape, you know, and really got a, a big confidence boost from Pr Frank Provenzano, uh, who was the former assistant GM of the Dallas Stars, who said, you know what, all kidding aside, you know what you're doing. And uh, I like your perspective on this. And then Craig would chime in. Um, and then, you know, when I went down to Houston, I really got heavily involved with the minor leagues and the Houston Arrows and, mm -hmm. and uh, started talking to some players. Anton Hudobin was down there when I was down there. So, oh, yeah. you know, and, and then I really started watching, you know, more and more tape and see what it's all about in the different leagues and learning about the leagues. I think, you know, there are certain tendencies, whether it's the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League or the USHL or the Ontario Hockey League, you know, I mean, you can be really good in these leagues and they can not play defense in these leagues as well. So you can't judge it based on that. And then the emergence of college hockey, mm -hmm. um, which is basically like the minor leagues now. And it's been so awesome to see the Penn States, the Notre Dames, the Ohio States, the Arizona State going from a club league to 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 a division one franchise that's made it to the tournament, things like that. So I love seeing the emergence of college hockey because there are some great players there. So that's kind of my background, and uh, I love it. I eat it up. Uh, it's something I have a huge passion for. Um, I, I just love covering the game. I love talking about the game. I love talking with you guys. It just kind of gives me a, an adrenaline rush and, a, a, you know, and a high. Completely agree. Uh, I want to do chime in, too. Uh, college hockey in Texas is on the way up. I've talked about yeah. it a couple of times, and uh, I'm, I'm good friends with a lot of guys that used to play at AM and got to go to their alumni weekend, and they played ETBU and ended up being the only two teams from the, I think it's the TCHA that made it to the ACHA uh, playoff regionals up in, uh, I want to say it was Colorado and Boulder. Um, and they both, uh, I want to say, made it past the first round, but it would not surprise me. I had a really long talk with one of the guys there on the staff if – Within the next 10 years, uh, someone that's a huge hockey fan that's a part of one of those booster clubs goes, you know what? Here's $3 million. Put it towards this program. Let's make it a D1. And it's just – this is and this is why it's so exciting to be doing this and talking about this with you because I think hockey in Texas is on the cusp of being huge. I mean, you've, I'm, you've obviously gotten tagged and heard from people in Houston saying, bring hockey back to Houston. Um, you know, I know a lot of people down in San Antonio are extremely upset and still miss the rampage that moved up to Henderson, uh, right. part of the, the Vegas Knights system. And it's just, it's thriving. The NHL, the NHA, NAHL three, and even the ECHL. I mean, everyone wants more hockey. So, uh, we're, we're all, we're all fighting the good fight. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that was, you know, the, the, the issue the arrows had, just so people know the background, it wasn't from a lack of fan base. They were mm -hmm. actually, I think, top five in the AHL as far as attendance. And when they were in the Calder Cup finals, they were drawing ten to twelve thousand a game mm -hmm. at the Toyota Center. It was a great arena, still is for hockey. The problem is, is the owner at the time wanted to double the rent and less Alexander. And he wanted to double the rent and said, I can make more money throwing concerts. So double yep. the rent or you guys have to get out of here. And the Wild said, no, not worth it. And they moved the team to Iowa. That's the only reason that they moved. It wasn't. And that that's tough. I mean, I used to love going to the Maple Leaf Pub, which is a small pub in Houston that has its own penalty box. Yes, and, you know, yes. Th things like that. I, I used to just love feeding off that stuff and, 
Um, you know, it's a shame. And San Antonio is kind of a shame. I mean, it's understandable. You'd want your minor league team. You're right down the street from your NHL team. And Henderson mm-hmm. is a huge city. A lot of people don't know Henderson, Nevada is bigger than Reno. So, I mean, okay. you know, it's, it's a it's, it's a great um, city. And uh, so, I mean, those are the reasons. But uh, it would be great to have hockey back in Houston and San Antonio. Well, we are definitely all uh, all aboard the hype train. I know Houston has been absolutely just livid over this Arizona situation. So uh, hopefully one day, at, at least give us another AHL team in Texas. That's all we ask for. Yeah, I think, you know, real quick on that, I think what the NHL and Gary Bettman are thinking and the NHL owners, governors for that, re- for that reason are saying is that we understand it's a smaller arena. We're still trying to get an arena deal done. Mm-hmm. But that Arizona market size is important to the NHL. So if we think back when the Coyotes or the Yotes used to have that deal in the same arena as the Phoenix Suns, and they had Keith Kachuk playing for them, Jeremy Roenick, you know, that had a real good vibe in Arizona. If you look at some of the teams that aren't playing well as far as attendance, in the NHL. There is something very similar that people aren't talking about. Ottawa, for example, is not in the city of Ottawa. It's on the outskirts. Arizona, if it's a Tuesday night and I live in Scottsdale, it's going to take me 45 plus minutes to get down to Glendale. So of course they're not going to draw. And they haven't necessarily, you know, they haven't um, been a team that wants to spend money and they struggle with ownership. There was a whole thing about parking down there. Mm-hmm. Been to several games in Arizona and it's just a frustrating situation. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think Houston wants it. Um, Quebec wants it bad. You know, they mm-hmm. want to bring the Nordiques back. Yep. Um, but the NHL is also saying, like, how much can a city like Quebec, it's like putting a team in Hamilton, you know, can those teams, they might pack the house, but how are they going to do as far as advertising revenue? Whereas you bring it in Houston or you keep it in Arizona, you know, you got to think of that as well as just, you know, attendance in the seats. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting too. I think before I know, uh, I know Patrick has a question uh, lined up, but I think it's interesting too. If you look at a team like Florida, who's extremely successful in the past couple of seasons, have one of arguably the most entertaining teams. And they're just now seemingly getting those fans to come out to that rink because I know that one, I can't off the top of my head remember where it's at, but I know it's further out from the main area where they're trying to advertise to. Uh, So that's that's a great one uh, I forgot to mention. So Florida is based in Sunrise, Florida, and that is above. uh, Basically, Sunrise is one of the first cities as you come out of the Everglades. So if you're doing the Tampa you know, to sunrise road trip, you go through the Everglades and, mm-hmm. you know, there you are. It's about a four hour trip, but sunrise is above Fort Lauderdale, which is above Miami. So, you know, you're looking at a major city in Miami. And once again, it's going to take you probably about an hour, even more to get up to sunrise. So mm-hmm. yeah, they are drawing better now. Um, and, but they have a really good team. Um, they are they one of my money. cup contenders. Yeah. The question is, is can they take can they take the next step? Uh, but I was on them early. I really, really like their makeup, um, you know, and, and they've just picked up. Uh, once Joel Quenville landed there, 
I thought they'd be in business and, and, you know, with Quenville resigning, I mean, they just, they just keep going and, and they're so deep. They're a four line team and, you know, their goaltending has come around, you know, so it's, it's a good vibe in Florida right now. You're right. Yeah. It's a lot of fun to watch. If you haven't watched them catch any of their games and it's pure entertainment. Yeah. I mean, especially like a guy like Aaron Eckblad, who was a top pick overall. And a lot of people were saying he was a bust. And, you know, they just, when you watch them at the AAC, it was interesting. You know, they, you're like, wow, they got some parts here, but they could just never put it together. And then you look at a guy like Ekblad, who's now healthy, and I'm glad to see it because he deserves, you know, the props that he's receiving because he really is a good defenseman. He's physical. You know, he's great from the point. He's got scoring ability, and he's good defensively. So, it, you know, it's good to see players like that finally getting recognized. So I actually have one question that's off of our run sheet, just picking up on something that you mentioned. We cover minor leagues in Texas, which includes the Texas Stars, but a lot of the prospects for the Stars are elsewhere in some of the leagues that you mentioned, like the OHL. And you mentioned specifically that some of those leagues don't play the best defense, which is understandable. For guys like you know Maverick Bork or uh, Logan Stankoven, or I guess Damiani to some to some extent in the AHL, but when you're evaluating their talent, how do you factor in the lack of defense relative to what they would see in, at the NHL level? Well, it, you know, it's a great question. I mean, I was watching some tape on Antonio Strangis, who just signed that three-year entry-level mm-hmm. um, contract. <laughs> yep. You know, they showed him end-to-end. And I was like, wow, that's really good. But, man, where's the defenseman coming in? You know, it just seemed like, he was, you know, he was free. Um, you know, I'm looking for skating ability. Uh, I am looking for a skill set. But I will say this. Um, there are a lot of people in those junior leagues that put up 100 points. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested if they, when they get to the AHL because I, I like to think of it as the ice gets smaller. And can you have that same skill set? You know, I mean, Riley Tough can be dominant, you know, um, or play well in college. But when he got to the AHL, now he's facing, you know, better competition. Um, the one thing I liked about Jake Ottinger um, is that he was playing for Boston University. And Boston University was not good at the time. But his goals against average, his save percentage, and the tape you watch, and the uh, high-level games he was playing, like the Bean Pot, which is a sold-out, you know, mm-hmm. situation where four of the best teams in Massachusetts, New England, face off against each other. You know, I just when you looked at him, you're like, boy, this guy's cool, calm, and collective. So it it is tougher to evaluate, and I think that's why a lot of teams get it wrong in the first couple of rounds. But you're looking for that initial skill set. You're looking for some size, ability. And we have to remember, these guys haven't grown up, you know, as far as completely grown up yet. So, you know, there are kids that, uh, you know, they might fill out their body and some never do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, I, I look also at the physicality of the leagues, like the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League is more of a finesse league. And, and a lot of people question, you know, can they make the jump? So, you know, I, I kind of look at that. And I also like looking at tape internationally. When I was watching Denis Gurionov play for the World Juniors and he was playing for Team Russia, 
you know, he's going up against, then he's going up against the best juniors from the USA, Canada, Finland, Sweden. And to me, his burst, which we now see with the Dallas Stars, albeit not as consistent as we all want to see, <laughs> that burst was there even as a 17-year-old. And you could say, you know what, if he can put together consistency, that's going to be a good player. So um, I think you can look at the initial ability, but I will tell you guys, I really start to evaluate when they're at the Texas level, when they're at the AHL, because the one thing separating players from the Texas, you know, from the AHL compared to the NHL is consistency. Mm -hmm. So you could have some flashes, um, but at the same time, you know, they have to be consistent to make it up. But I mean, you watch an AHL game, it's so close to an NHL level. Yeah. I mean, anyone who's out there that's down near Cedar Park, you got to go check out a Texas Stars game. Or if you're in a city that features an AHL team, I mean, that is really high-quality hockey. Completely agree. Uh, I just got a text from Coach Rick Bonus, and he said, due to your comments, Gary Onoff's only going to get six minutes of ice time uh, <laughs> tomorrow against the LA Kings on Wednesday. Uh, yeah, I mean, don't get me started. I mean, you know – I that's one of my frustrations with this stars team over the years. If we're, if we're starting to throw it out there. Yeah. I, and it's, think, I think Brendan Dillon's growth, you know, could mm -hmm. have been more, um, you know, I look at Dennis Gurionov and I just feel as though you've got to let these guys play and you have to let them make mistakes mm -hmm. and they're going to make mistakes. But if you keep sending them down every time they make a mistake, then it's an issue. And then their confidence is just killed. Exactly. You know, the best thing the Stars did this year is when Jake Ottinger had a couple good games under his belt, they said, you're our guy. And I think it was that confidence boost that has just boosted to where he is now. I mean, we this sounds crazy. And there are goaltenders that have been consistent throughout the year. But... With 40-odd games left, guys, we might be looking at a top-10 Vesna candidate if he continues this. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, 100% agree. And recognize that. We've been banging the Ottinger drum on this podcast pretty consistently, I think. Not to fault Holtby, but Otter's just been on another level recently. Yeah, I mean, the comparisons to Ben Bishop that Razor says during the broadcast are spot-on. I mean, you look at the positioning. That's something Ben Bishop did really well. You're not, he's not going to be an Anton Hudobin, which is amazing how he can flop throughout the ice and make these incredible saves. Jake Ottinger is not going to be that flashy goalie, but with that body frame at 6'5, 6'6, he takes up a lot of space and he makes it look easy. And that's something Ben Bishop did. So when every time a goal gets let in, you're like, oh man, Ottinger should have stopped that one. Bishop should have stopped that one. Yeah. But, you know, these big goalies that can cut down on angles. You know, watching the Buffalo game, one of the great things is he's so confident now. You can see he's not sitting in his net. He's actually coming out more and attacking. And that's, mm -hmm. just, that's just a lot of confidence knowing I'm the guy and I'm going to be in there night after night. And if I make a mistake, so be it. I need to move on. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, when Craig and I started doing this podcast, I said – I don't understand why Ottinger is not up to start the season. However, it is what it is. He had to go down to the AHL, prove it. My issue was, is you signed Holtby, which, you know what? Holtby, for what it's worth, for $2 million, has been a solid goalie. 
great signing. My yeah. my my issue is the salary cap space. Yeah. And you know, I'm sure we we can get into that, but you know, that was money that I could have used to pick up another fourth liner. Or you look at the contract that they gave Hudobin. And and at the yeah. time it seemed fair because yeah. of the what he had done for you uh in in the in bubble. bubble. Mm-hmm. But obviously now you're you're paying was it 3.3 million and now you're on for the next two years while he's in the AHL and I don't, this is not against his character. I don't want to see him back up in the NHL next season. If they don't resign Holby, it scares me to think that. Yeah. So, you know, with his modified um, no trade clause, it's interesting because he has to, if they say, Hey, we want to trade you. And he might've already, he has to release, you know, so many teams that he wants to go to. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you guys. Unfortunately with the salary cap situation, they might have to have him as Ottinger's backup yeah. next year because, you know, you cannot keep this three-goalie uh, system. And, you know, that's what I love about Craig. Craig has said from day one, when Bishop was around, then it was four goalies. That's a distraction. Klingberg right now, that's a distraction. Yep. I mean, as much as we don't want to think, you know, he tells me in the room those kinds of things are chatted about. Mm-hmm. Yep. Kind of going on that, what are your thoughts on Klingberg and his whole situation? Yeah, Patrick okay. was going to segue into the stars, but we are here. We have, the diving board is bouncing because we're at the deep end. And please stop me at any time. I get super excited and just go in these tangents and stuff <laughs> because I got three guys who want to talk hockey, so I'm excited. <laughs> tangents no are the best content. Okay, our, good, good, way. good. So the Klingberg thing's interesting. I'm going to take it from two perspectives for you guys. If you're rebuilding as far as, you know, you have a marquee player. Now, the NHL's changed as far as they're not going to, teams are not going to give up what they once did for the services of John Klingberg. And why is that? Because he's a rental player. Teams are looking for players that have a year or two left. So that brings more value. So with John Klingberg, I might be looking at, you know, possibly a second round conditional one, or if I could get a one, then you might pull the trigger. The flip side is the following. If I'm Tom Gillardi and if I'm Jim Nill, and Jim Nill has one year left after this year, do I want to give up the quarterback of my offense and risk not making the playoffs? And this is the tough position he's going to be in. People need to realize with the NHL, from an owner perspective, the money is really made in the playoffs. So if you get that house money as far as attendance, you know, that's great. Tom Gillardi has not benefited from that house attendance because when the stars went on that run, it was all bubble. So yep. I'm Tom Gillardi, as much as I might want to get a first round draft pick back or a possible prospect, we don't know if they're going to pan out. I'm probably saying, unless you get a haul in return, you better keep Klingberg. My other thinking is this, and Stars fans don't want to hear this, and feel free to disagree with me, guys. I don't think Miro Haskinen has made the offensive steps we all thought he would at this point to run point on a power play, and maybe it's because he's on his offside, but at the same time, I don't know if it's the bonus system, but I think his offensive ability has been limited. Yes, he puts up points. Yes, he's a plus defender but if we're talking about you know uh norris trophy and stuff like that 
And, you know, let's be honest, guys. Kale McCarr was drafted right after him. <laughs> yeah. There's no comparison right now. No. And and that's okay because you got a solid defenseman. But you signed him for eight mil a year or eight plus a year. Okay? You need more offense. Mm-hmm. Klingberg provides offense. And when Klingberg's not on the ice, this team struggles even more than it usually does offensively. Yep. We actually mentioned that I think it was the Avs game in that back-to-back series that we had where they played at yep. home on Sunday and got shellacked when Klingberg was out and, and the power goes, play yep. where Klingberg would usually be running it and Suter was, air quotes, running it. I <laughs> hesitate to say that because it was one of the most atrocious power play systems or performances I've seen, but I don't think you could not have gotten a better example of how integral Klingberg is to the mm-hmm. offense than watching that Sunday and then the following Tuesday when he's actually on the ice, they're on the power play and they're actually getting chances. They're mm-hmm. spread out. They're running a cohesive power play unit versus whatever the hell Suter was trying to do on that Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. That's a great example because those games you, you certainly saw it. And that's what I'm concerned at. Mm-hmm. If they lose him at the trade deadline, I personally um, was hoping the stars would put him out in the expansion draft just to free up his salary. So they could have right. you know, done something if they lose him after this year. I mean, I'm not saying they'll pick up another John Klingberg, but they can pick up another puck moving defenseman. Mm-hmm. But the, the problem's the term. And, yeah. you know, you have a guy, this is his last contract. So obviously he wants, you know, an extension of, seven to eight years that's tough when you look at it yeah um so you know but i also look at you know as we talk about let's jump around um joe pavelski that's a big contract right but when he's putting up those numbers like he is how can you not go back to him and bring him back in for another two years because you get the point production and oh yeah How's Jason Robertson without Joe Pavelski on that right. line? Yeah. Right. So I think as good as Jason Robertson is and will be, I think Joe Pavelski has helped him out tremendously as well as Rope Hits. I completely agree. And then let's also look at it from the Kleinberg standpoint. Just as you mentioned, this is his last contract with the Stars, essentially. No one's going to sign someone that's struggling to any five, six, seven, eight year deal. They're not going to say, oh, this guy had X amount of points. That's way under his point production. Let's give him eight for eight because that seems to be the going trend for, you know, quarterback defenseman in this last, you know, off season. So Klingberg is not playing for nothing. He wants to win a cup. He wants to go to the playoffs, if not for the team, for himself. And, you know, NHL is not a team that plays for the name on the back, but this is one of the few examples where he's, He's playing for the name on the back a little bit too. And even if he were to get traded away, yeah. I tell Stars fans, if he goes to the Lightning or the Predators or any of these people, win or outside of your division, he's going to play lights out and you're going to miss him immediately. He might be a second line or a third line guy for that team, but he's going to light it up because he's going to go into that system. He's going to have a fresh coach, a fresh outlook, and he's going to say, you know what? I'm going to stick it to that team. And I know that fan base for some reason just didn't care for me when I was on the ice, but I'm going to go and play lights out and I am going to earn 
a six for six or a seven for seven, you know, term contract. Yeah, you're right. He's, he, you know, he's been terrific for this organization. He signed a, I mean, it was a good deal for him, but it was a good deal for the team as well. Exactly. But to get him for that salary, I mean, it was a good deal for, for, for both sides. And I, I love how he was honest and candid with his thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we tend to forget, you know, because he speaks so well right now. And, you know, that a few years ago, this guy wasn't even in the country. And, right. and that, you know, the development of John Klingberg as a leader, you know, on this squad, you know, John Klingberg's gotten tougher. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, it's just, he's a very good NHL player. Yeah. Um, you know, Stars fans should be thankful that he was part of this franchise wherever he goes. I mean, I'm going to be a cheerleader for John Klingberg because he has said he wants to stay with this organization. I get that he wants to make his money. Someone's going to pay him. It might not be for the number of years he wants, but somebody's going to pay him because they paid Seth Jones. And, you know, those kinds of puck-moving defensemen who can control the point and have a calmness about them and in big situations can do something offensively are so valuable. They've become the quarterbacks of the NFL as far as, you know, the number one pay slot, basically. So I want to get your thoughts because you mentioned that Stars fans are going to miss him. And we talk about this a lot, that he gets a lot of unnecessary hate for whatever reason. And personally, we have kind of shifted our hate towards Ryan Suter. Or not our hate, but our... Uh, our frustration. Yeah, 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 frustration. Our frustration. frustration. We'll go with that. Why do you think that Klingberg in particular for as productive as he is and as integral as he is, like we mentioned just a few minutes ago, why is he such the target of so much disdain from stars fans? I think it's very Dak Prescott like that, you know, people are just quarterback point the finger mm-hmm. and, you know, he's got a target. Um, you know, I, I think that's that people put it this way. People are not going to say Radic Foxa is playing below his contract level um, because Radic Foxa just <laughs> has not been, you know, a guy that you see on the ice as much as you see a John Klingberg. So, um, yeah, I, I could not agree more with for, that. I, for what I it's worth, we well. have said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, listen, that's a bad contract. We yeah, want to talk yeah. about Jamie Benn and Tyler Fagan be a bad contract. That Radic Foxa deal for five years. No, you know, you got to show up, buddy. You got to show up one of these games. And and the problem I see is the decline defensively in Radic Foxa. Mm -hmm. And I think that's my biggest thing because that's why you signed him, you know, but you know, it's not like he's, you know, pulling a Selkie award. Right. Um, So I think, you know, that's something that, you know, concerns me, but I just think Klingberg's a target. And, um, you know, let's talk about Ryan Suter. I think you guys, have a valid point i don't think he's been bad but you know i think he's been he plays every game but you know i I just don't and i don't know is it ryan Suter in the system see this is the thing i struck you know is it the system or is it ryan Suter as far as lacking offensive ability because i remember when he was in nashville and minnesota he had a really nice shot from the point but when i watched the stars they don't take slap shots. They're there. more into the controlled wrist shots, right? You know, to be tipped. And okay, so Stephen since, John's bomb. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of that, 
do you see well actually let me let me ask you this first because this we had this question lined up has the star season been what you expected it to be so far at this point yes exactly exactly okay. what i thought it was i i thought they were a fringe playoff team mm-hmm. battling for a wild card position i just didn't think in the off season that they their problem was scoring last year and i didn't feel as though they got uh, brought in enough scoring depth uh, i was worried about radulov's health mm-hmm. and i was worried about those declining numbers uh, pavelski's been a real nice surprise uh, but i was worried about you know i mean to win in this league you can't be a one or two line team you know i mean and you've been you saying that family, for for years yeah i mean since since you and I have become friends and actually talked about the sport, you've said that since day one. Is this is a two line team? After that second line, it is complete. the The skill set for scoring completely drops off. The only other line that ever made a difference was the the Foxa, Como, and uh, Cogliano line, just because of how pesky they were. They didn't score a lot, but they were pesky and they kept the puck. They put themselves yeah. in good situations for sure. Yeah, and I actually exactly. think Raffles played well, mm-hmm. you know, for the contract. I think Glenn Den- Glenn Dennings played well, um, but to me, those are fourth line guys, not necessarily right. third line guys. Exactly. You know, I think your third line has to produce some more offense, and um, you know, when you get into the playoffs, those third and fourth lines are crucial. Um, you know, and you just can't rely on a Jake Ottinger night in and night out. You know, to save as much as you know, you got to put some points on the board, and you know that's my that has been my concern with this team. Um, I personally thought Alexiak was coming into his own. I would have tried mm-hmm. to keep him. Um, I think he's a big defenseman Same. with offensive skill set, and I think that's rare in this league. Um, so, you know, that was something that was disappointing to me, and you know, I, I just really thought. Um, you know, it, it it's it's just it's it's tough because you know when you looked at the players that were out there on the cheap, uh, like a Corey Perry or mm-hmm. you know players like that, you say to yourself, you know, why not bring him back? Right. I mean, he's not going to be a, a Brian Boyle who's going to be you know big on a, a fourth line and you could put him on the power play or you know something like that. So you know players like that. You know, another guy that, you know, I, I just said to myself, why aren't the stars going after a player like this? Anthony Duclair of the Panthers. When mm-hmm. you look at that contract, $3 million a year, and it's up in 2024, 2025. 20, mm-hmm. And then you look at Duclair's numbers, he's got 40 points in 45 games. I mean, that's the that's kind of contract and players you have to find that are going to be dangerous offensively, but you have them for, you know, a bargain. Right. And it's funny you brought up uh, Alexiak because someone I was high on, we pretty much covered all of the, the, the off-season acquisitions, and that's one of the questions we had lined up. So that, that works out perfectly. But I'm going to mention him because the thing that this team lacks, in my personal opinion, outside of offense, is grit. Um we have one of, if not the lowest amount of fighting penalties, which you don't want to be high on that list, but you want to be somewhere where you know if someone 
you know, like that high stick that Heiskanen took a couple games ago where, you know, the referees missed it. He got up. He was upset about it. Obviously, it was when the game was coming to an end. But you didn't see that grit. Yanni Hockenpah was third in the NHL in hits last season. And I get that it was a shortened season due to COVID. But he was third in hits. I believe he's 6'7". When you lose a guy like Oleksiak, you expect a guy like Hockenpah to come in and not be the enforcer type so much as, as Oleksiak was, but at least put the body out there a little bit. Yep. And he has kind of disappeared in the physicality department. And it's funny because we keep coming back to, is it the system? Is it the system? I feel like a lot of it is because this is not a very aggressive team. And you could have had a guy like Corey Perry for one a million a year, 1.5, somewhere around that, that brings that grit that people hate. Yeah, it, you know, that that's a great point. And it's something that's lacking on this Stars team is those nights where they just don't have the energy. You have a guy that comes in and creates havoc in front of the net. I mean, when the Stars play their best, they play their best in the dirty areas. When they yep. start shooting from the, you know, slots and corners and, you know, from the point, that's not winning hockey. You know, mm -hmm. some may go in, but you have to put people in front of the goalie. Goalies are too good. They'll stop everything, especially when you give them clear looks. And you watch the games that the Stars struggle, and this has been one of my issues is, you know, it will be said, wow, the Stars put up 45 shots. How many of those shots were had screens? So things like that, you know, I mean, they're – Goalies can stop 45 shots, mm -hmm. but when you get into the dirty areas and you're getting the rebounds, you know, when Tyler Sagan's working in, in that area, he's really good, mm -hmm. but it takes effort and it takes grit to be in those areas. So I agree. The one guy I think in the next couple of years that might be able to make that, you know, grit contention that when he was in the NHL caused some problems and, and teams hated his energy was tied to Landria. So, uh, yeah. you know, I, I'm interested to see, I think, you know, I'm disappointed a little bit in his offensive game, but I also look at his age. He's only 21. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. there's still some development. Time. But a tie to Landry on the third line, okay. You know, that's a guy that's going to cause issues. You know, you look at the Kachuk brothers. Those are guys that can score, but they also can cause issues. And Absolutely. You hate them. Shitheads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need players that the other team hates because they draw penalties. People can talk all they want about Ryan Reeves. Ryan Reeves, if you look at penalties, is not among league leaders in penalties, or at least he wasn't in years past. Mm -hmm. Ryan Reeves serves a purpose, and he's out there to protect. Sidney Crosby will tell you he was one of his favorite teammates. Mm -hmm. Because when Ryan Reeves was out there, Sidney Crosby was not bothered. And I would say the same thing for the Stars. I don't think some of those things happening to Miro Haskinen would happen if Jamie Alexiak was by his side. Same thing when Dustin Bufflin was in his league. His, yep. his, his teammate on the defensive line was 5'10 as a defenseman. Mm -hmm. But if they went after him, Big Buff was there. Yep. So, I mean, we can talk analytics all day and stuff like that, but, you know, the bottom line is physicality especially when you make your way into the playoffs, plays a huge factor in team success. I agree. Bring, bring back Antoine Roussel. Save him from Arizona, <laughs> please. I will, I, will, I will personally donate $20 to his contract. <laughs> half a season right there. Yeah. Maybe half a season tickets. There you go. Okay, so 
I'm going to go a little off script here, actually, just because you mentioned, you know, we're missing somebody like Alexiak. Putting you in the GM chair before mm-hmm. we dive into the previous offseason acquisitions. At the deadline, who are you targeting? Are you looking for somebody like... Go ahead, Bing. No, I was going to say, and let's preface it. Let's say it as it is right now, because as we are recording, it's Tuesday night. As at last I checked, the Stars were in the second wild card spot. So let's just assume that none of the games that have happened uh, Tuesday night or Wednesday night matter. You're listening to this on Thursday. The trade deadline is tomorrow. Who is Gavin Spittle calling as the GM of the Stars, and what moves is he trying to make? Uh, I am looking to bring in a veteran that can play the third or fourth line. Uh, that's that's who I'm looking at. Someone with an expiring contract that's not going to cost me a lot of money, maybe a million dollars, so I have that cap space. Um, and I am going to give up a fourth rounder for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to be a player that I think will play key dividends. Um, you know, most of them are taken on pretty good teams right now. So I think that's, you know, that's, I'm not splash wise. I just don't think they have the cap space to make a major move right now. Most of their big guys have some kind of no movement clause. Um, so that's, you know, that's tough. I think you will see, especially if this team does not make the playoffs, if Jim Nill is still, you know, the GM of this team, I think that's where they have to make a trade or two for cap maneuvering. I was going to say, do you see, and it's, you, you obviously aren't going to get a lot for uh, a guy like Radulov, but is he one that you look at? I don't know his, I can't remember if he has a no match or no trade clause, but is he a guy that you look at and go, I'm going to have to give him up for like a seventh rounder just to dump some cap space? Oh, I, th- I think you keep him for the rest of the year. He's on okay. a, uh, he's on a no trade. Uh, yeah, modified no, no trade. trade. Okay, no I didn't have yeah, I didn't have him pulled that. up, so I didn't know he smart on his move. Great move. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I think you know for a Radulov, I think you keep him around, and then you know, I personally would go back to him and say, Alexander, love having you in the room and everything like that. We'd mm-hmm. like to offer you a one year, one or two million dollar contract. Yeah, and if he says no, then you say, well. You know, good luck in free agency. Thank you so much for coming yeah. to the Dallas Stars, uh, because that's what I think the market is going to be for Alexander Radulov. I mean, the so, way that he's played, or quote, you yeah. could say, not played this last season, that's completely that's completely fair. Uh, yeah, I, I guess mean, first first couple of years it was amazing, and then uh, yeah. unfortunately it declined from there. Yeah. So now going back to Klingberg, obviously he's got a little bit heavier of a contract, and and I, again I don't have my cat friendly pulled up. So I don't know if he has a no trade or no, or any uh, movement clause. Is he someone that you could look at the stars making a move, not because they feel like they can't get anything for him, but because they are targeting more third line offensive threats and saying we can allot his money elsewhere, maybe trade him away for a third or fourth rounder. And then use that, that cap space. Or is that, is that work like that? I don't, I don't, well, yeah, you're, you're talking, you know, it's a shortened season at that point. So you'd have to do the math. It's at $4.25 million for the year. He doesn't have any trade clause. So, mm-hmm. you know, that does make him marketable. 
Um, I think the question is, like we talked about earlier, if you're stars management, do you want to risk losing that right. wild card or playoff spot? Um, because then all of a sudden you're looking at since the bubble, not making the playoffs. And does that mean bonuses on the outs? Does that mean nils on the outs? I mean, you know, that's, that's two straight years that Gallardi's like, what's going on guys. I'm putting you guys right up against the cap limit and we're one of the highest salary cap teams mm -hmm. and we're not doing anything. Right. So, uh, you know, I think that to trade John Klingberg, they will have to have a conversation with Tom Gallardi. Um, but I think if it's right, if it's a, a first rounder and a, a decent prospect, then they might pull the trigger. Um, but, you know, it's Jim Nils in a tough position because if he loses John Klingberg, doesn't re-sign him, which, you know, certainly could happen, uh, I think that's a lost opportunity. What could you have done differently? Mm -hmm. And so I think that he'll be criticized for that. And, you know, that's tough as a GM, you know, because <laughs> if, if then you do get something for John Klingberg, it's not going to be what you could have gotten last year before the expansion draft. Completely fair. And so to kind of bring it back full circle, because we've said system multiple times, is it the system? If the season ends, no matter, actually, you know what? No matter how the season ends, the Stars could win the Stanley Cup and we could all be going, this is the this is another amazing run that the Stars have put together in the playoffs. Thankfully, there are people around to see it and cheer this time. Rick Bonus is, I believe, at the end of his contract. And we talked about this on a previous episode about how there seems to be a, 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 almost like a, a circular motion of coaches, like a, a, a revolving door where you always have the, the Gallants, uh, the Babcocks, and you've got these, and, and not to sound, not to get like a political statement, but you've got these old white guys that are always in the league in head coaching positions. Do you see the Stars taking another approach like a Montgomery, but with someone, and here's a couple of names just to, just to spit out, that have been with the Stars before and kind of bring them back home like a Stu Barnes? or a Steve Ott, or on an even grander scale, like a Vern Fiddler, who had some coaching experience with Kelowna. Do you see the Stars taking an opportunity to go, you know what, we're going to shift the tides, we're going to pull a little bit of a Chicago and bring a younger guy in and see if we can get some success with a more aggressive style from a younger guy who has been on the ice? Because as we all remember, when Jim Montgomery came in, he was a player's coach. He had played with the Stars organization a little bit later when hockey was a little bit faster. Bonus, when he played, not to take anything away from the fact that he has these amazing numbers, played the game when it was a much different style of hockey. Montgomery had that grasp on what was going on. Do you see the Stars moving forward with a different style of coaching and and not the traditional old white guy, I guess you could say? Well, I've always been fat. I mean, first of all, Kudos to Rick Bonus being in the league as long as he has. I oh my mean, gosh, you know, yeah. Especially with an assistant coach and everything. I just didn't understand, and I would love to know the dynamics. Um, when I talked to Jim Nill, I got to ask, you know, he was teammates in Detroit with Gerard Gallant. So with Gerard Gallant sitting out there and the success that he had in Florida mm -hmm. and then in Vegas, and then he signs with the New York Rangers, and oh, all of a sudden the New York Rangers – like someone told me, you know, um, 
well, you know, it's not Gerard Gallant in New York. And I'm like, boy, he must have that reputation because wherever he goes, all of a sudden those teams are good. So I never understood why the Stars didn't, you know, go for a Gallant. Um, I think if they don't make the playoffs and they move on from Rick Bonus, you have got to throw a big money offer at Paul Maurice. I mean, okay. I think when you look at the track record, the success, playing for a small market team like Winnipeg and having that success, and you look at what he did with Shifley and Wheeler and those teams in Winnipeg, um, they score, but they play very heavy. And I think when you talk about the physicality of the Dallas Stars, which I think they need, I think Paul Maurice will bring that style. Um, as far as young coaches, the question with Steve Ott is, you know, does he want to be a head coach or is he more, you know, does he like that assistant um, style? I will tell you, and I wanted to ask you guys for your opinion. What's so bad about bringing Jim Montgomery back? Thank we you. Were, Every, just brought this up last every, week, episode. Two everybody's ago. everybody's eyebrows <laughs> instantly went full tilt when you said that because we're all on <laughs> the second chance train. He made a huge di- that team that went to the Stanley Cups and 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 had that or the Stanley Cup final and had that run. That was Jim Montgomery's team yeah. that Bonus inherited, and now we're seeing Bones' system instilled in them. And they are not that same team. I don't care if you say it was a magical run. That was Jim Montgomery's team that went to the bubble Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we all know what happened. And I think it's a great opportunity. Um, you know, so I, I, you know, I find that fascinating. Because um, I do think Jim Montgomery is going to get another shot eventually. Yep. Why, not, why not make it here? Yeah, exactly. You've already got some roots with some players. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he's not old. He's learned his lessons, mm-hmm. and you know, we kind of, we kind of go from there. Now, it's, it's it's like a Dallas thing with with the owners and and giving people second chances. You know, yeah. <laughs> is, is that a good gesture of goodwill that other players could see also? Like just looping it into other players. You know, this guy made this ginormous mistake that got him immediately fired, but oh, we're willing to build men bridges, and he's coming mm-hmm. back, and we're giving him another chance. Yeah, I think, uh, great question. Um, from everything I heard, players really liked him. Um, so there were just some off-the-ice issues um, that hopefully will, you know, or are corrected. I mean, terrific organization to fit into in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what Doug Armstrong's done, I mean, they just, you know, if they lose players, they just find other, you know, I mean, he, he's one of the best GMs um, in, in the league. So, you know, I'd look at him. I could see them going a younger route, mm-hmm. um, you know, for relatability, kind of some some nuances we haven't seen before. Uh, but Paul Maurice is going to come back in this league. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, teams are going to pay Paul Maurice. And I absolutely love what Paul Maurice did when he was leaving, saying, I was not relatable to this team and they were not playing for me anymore. So for the good of the team, I'm going to step aside. I thought, to me, that was huge bonus points. Mm-hmm. And it's a um, leader. Yeah, it's a leader, and he's well respected in NHL circles. So, you know, I, if I'm Gallardi, I'm kind of looking at you know that situation, um, and then you have to look at management because 
you guys are right. There's been a lot of coaches. Mm-hmm. And at what point do you say, hey, Jim, you've been great. We appreciate it, but we need a whole new situation here in Dallas um, because we want to win a cup. Yeah. And so that that's, you know, that that's a question because Jim Nil has had some really good drafts mm-hmm. and some really poor draft picks. So some good trades, some good free agent signings, and some duds. Yep. So when you look at those things for every Joe Pavelski, there's a Martin Hansel. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> that name in a while. Oh, man. Yeah, I got Sorry, the chills guys. hearing it. Yeah. Yeah. That just made me kind of twitch and think Valerie Nachushkin as well. That was a oh. – Oh, I yeah. found the Chushkin. Uh I'm glad that you brought up the draft, though, and and we can we can finish up the GM talk here in a second because I, I think you touched on that, and that's something that I don't think as a show we have really like taken a deep dive on as far as like maybe this isn't so much the coach, maybe it is the GM and the philosophy of we like where this team is at mantra. Uh, what are your thoughts on the recent activity? Because the stars have never been big big draft go getters. You haven't really heard a lot outside of, I want to say probably 2017, 2018 was when they made a relatively big splash. And obviously we're seeing that come to fruition with Ottinger, uh, Robertson, you know, guys like Heiskin and, and, and things like that. But it seems as if these last two drafts, they have really made a, a major point to go out and get some offensive minded kids that are just really quick. Most notably this last draft where they went out and got, I think, nine or ten kids who some of which are already making waves in the junior leagues. Um, like we said, Stankoven before. Strangis was one of the more uh, recent draft picks that they just signed today. Uh, but how do you feel they have drafted in the last two years? Because those two past years are essentially going to be your driving force in the next five to six years when they all eventually make it. Yeah, I, I've, I've liked their drafts the last couple of years. I, I like the offensive-minded mentality. Um, you know, going back a few more years, I really liked Harley. You know, mm-hmm. when he was Who's finally getting his time. Yeah, absolutely. He struggled for Team Canada. Um, but at the same time, I think being in the AHL, that really helped him. I love the confidence he has. And I love that they're putting him with John Klingberg. Mm-hmm. I think that's a huge confidence builder. Um, I think it also helps the defensive alignment, and I know he's excited about it. Um, so I think the offense will come with Harley. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still he's still learning the game defensively, but I really, you know, with a draft pick like that that can come up and be effective, you know, as quick as he can, uh, you know, I think that's a plus draft. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I like the picks of Maverick Bork and you know some of the other kids that you know we've talked about. So I, I think it's going to be interesting because is Jim Neal going to be here to see the results? Right. Um, but I think they're going in the right direction. I just think that, you know, cap-wise, and this is why they kind of have to retool, they just they have such limited, you know, I, I looked at it, they have $24 million, um, in this offseason to work with. So the problem is, is $24 million, you're like, heck yeah, let's go. But let's talk well, about the restricted free agents because there are a boatload, and a couple of them are pretty yeah. pretty massive names. Yeah, I mean, Robertson, Gurianov, and Ottinger. Kind of big deals. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good thing. That That's a real good thing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you're going to save money on Radulov if you don't re-side Klingberg. You know, Craig and I were debating because, you know, if you're Joe Pavelski, are you taking a team discount? I, I don't know with those numbers if you do. I think a team might sign you again for $7 million for a two-year contract. Why not? Yeah. But, I mean, I think Joe Pavelski, you know, I think he wants to be here. Mm-hmm. The fact that he moved his family here, um, you know, that's a tremendous signing by by Jim Mills. So if he can keep the core of this team while some of the, you know, younger players integrate, you know, I think that's where the Stars will have, you know, success. Hey, the bottom line is, guys, they have Jake Ottinger right now, and you can ride a goalie deep in the playoffs. Yeah. So Look at the like Tampa Bay Lightning the last two years. Not make, yeah, yeah, with Vasilevsky. Uh, you know, absolutely. Or we look at St. Louis with the cup run, mm-hmm. how they were, you know, fighting at practice, and all of a sudden they went on to win, you know, a Stanley Cup. True. What happened? It was a goalie. So that's where it's interesting because now all of a sudden you have one of the hottest goalies in the league, and that's going to produce a lot of wins. And so far it has. I mean, these last this last run that they've gone on, uh, you know, with the exception of, of two or three games has been one of the most impressive runs that we've had this season. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting because you've got, obviously, Pavelski, Radulov, uh, Raffle, Holtby. Those guys are likely gone. Uh, I would love to have Holtby back, I think, at the same rate or maybe cheaper. I think he's a great backup-style goalie because now you have sort of that Mark Andre Fleury situation, uh, you know Vasilevsky. You know, you've got that number one guy, and I think it's it's finally time that they've solidified that. Um, before we wrap this up, we were talking about managers, and that kind of gave me an idea because I think being where we are right now, the '99 Cup run is so far removed that a lot of those guys are now in team ownership, team management, in front offices. You look at guys like Bill Guerin and what he's done with with the Minnesota Wild. They're having a relatively good comeback season after, you know, dropping their two main guys that they were building their franchise around. And some idiots down in Dallas took that defenseman Ryan Suter for this weird $4.5 million contract. We won't have to go into that. But is there a possibility in your mind that you see this team take kind of a Red Wings approach and go get a, a former player like, you know, how they had Geiserman and now he's bullying guys in the management office, making these immaculate deals like he's done in the past offseason and maybe even bring someone. And I know that there is a bit of a rift between this guy and the franchise, but could you see Gallardi ringing up Mike Madonna and saying, hey, I know you're in the front office with Minnesota is there any chance that you would like to jump into this front office, take this GM role? You've been with organizations long enough to know how it's run. Or even a guy like Hatcher, who now owns a team, a minor league team. And I know it's a huge jump, but do you think that that's something Gallardi would do and say, you know what, Jim Nil, you've liked where this team has been at for 10 years now. We've, we've got to make a shift and we want to bring someone in that has some background with the uh, franchise. I. A lot to take in. Let me just say two things real quick. And I really appreciate you guys having me on. One thing I bring up on the podcast all the time is I know there was a pandemic, but Mm -hmm. the fact we didn't celebrate the 99 Cup team 20 years after the fact, I don't understand why you wouldn't have them come out 
in a pregame ceremony. I don't understand throughout the year why you wouldn't have one to drop the puck. Mm -hmm. It just baffles me. I brought it up to Craig. He doesn't want to talk about it, but I talk about it on behalf of him. That team helped build hockey in DFW. 100%. What they did. Yep. The other thing that I just have to mention, because I harp about it on my own podcast, and sorry to take your time with these sidebars. No, we're, we're here for it. Listen, we put up a statue, or we're going to put up a statue of Dirk Nowitzki. The fact that we don't have something for Mike Madano is wrong. Agreed. And I hate when Stars fans go after Mike Madano. Mike Madonna was true to this franchise, celebrated this franchise, went over and above what he's contractually obligated for to market this franchise in Dallas-Fort Worth, coming from Minnesota, and he settled in here. People need to remember, granted he was on the downside of the career, but the Stars said goodbye to Mike Madonna. So, you know, the Stars did not want Mike Madonna to come in from a management perspective and the Minnesota Wild under Bill Guerin did. Mm -hmm. Players are smarter as far as like, you know, you look at what Bill Guerin did and he came in and I mean, that takes major cojones to say, all right, Zach Parise, Ryan Suter, we're going to move on right now. I mean, they are carrying a ton of dead money and it's going to affect them in years to come. Not this year, but it is going to affect them. So my issue is, is that the stars experimented with this in the past, pre-Gallardi with Brett Hull. And it mm-hmm. just did not pay dividends. So I think it has to be the right player, um, you know, like a Pat Verbeek who had been groomed before he took the GM position. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Iserman, what he did in Tampa, as soon as he went to Detroit, I mean, you know, it's not a bold prediction to say, watch out, Detroit in three to four years is going to be really good. Absolutely. We're already starting to see it. So um, possibility you know, I do think there are a lot of um, assistant GMs out there that would be valuable, you know, as well to bring in. So, you know, I, I think when or if Jim Nill gets let go, then we kind of look at those situations and say, all right, who who can they bring in? And, you know, from a former player standpoint, I think the special assistant of the GM is different than the GM. You got to put in a lot of hours. And the question mm-hmm. is, is does a Mike Madonna want to put in those hours with a young family? Right. So, you know, and can a Mike Madonna surround himself um, with veteran people that understand cap management, you know, things like that. So it's, it's a great question. It would be great for the fans. Um, Mm -hmm. I I just want to win and I just want to be dominant. That's fair. I will say I'll give a little bit of credit to the Stars because they're finally putting in a Dallas Stars Hall of Fame, which, but I completely agree. Uh, I was very fortunate to be at the Zuboff retirement ceremony. Uh, that game obviously did not go in our favor. Uh, but to hear the ovation that that place gave Zuboff uh, and, and even Ludwig when he was an, you know, and Hatcher, I yeah. mean, in that moment, I told myself, they should have retired number two long ago because the, you, the crowd almost got louder for him than anyone else. Yeah. I mean, do we really care like how long or the person has to be in the, you know, I mean, are there really people that are saying, wow, man, congratulations to the Dallas stars because look at the lack of numbers they have in the rafters, but they wait for them to go to the NHL hall of fame. It's like, come on guys. I mean, me personally, I mean, he wasn't with the team long, but, you know, put Brent Hull up there. Put 
Yeah. Put Ed Bell for up there. What's what's the downside? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you pack the house. People, you're right. People love these former players. Yeah. So it was great to see the Zuboff retirement ceremony, and I I think there needs to be more players up there. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens with the Hall of Fame. I, I think you're going to see a lot of guys like your like your Hashers, your 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 Brett Holes, uh, your Brendan Morrows, the guys that maybe. For some reason, the front office doesn't think needs to be up in the Raptors. They'll put him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think I think we need to take a step back as Stars fans. We had top three greatest American hockey players here for a number of years, mm-hmm. and we had right for... now with one with Joe Pavelski. Yeah, but, I mean, what Mike Madano did. I just don't understand when you look at other stadiums across the league and they celebrate their players, why we do not celebrate Mike Madonna more. I agree. I completely agree. We should be celebrating that, that 99 team, like you said, at least once every five to 10 years as a monument to them. So He is 100% the reason why I got into playing hockey. Yeah. That, and I have looks, that and, picture and, of. Uh, or his uh, front page cover where he's just holding the Stanley Cup up in the air. Yeah, like that. yeah. That's hanging in my office at work. And like, that's 100% why and I, I th- bought a pair of rollerblades and started skating in the in, in the front yard, you know? And I think there's a, there's a tangent of people that still love him and are passionate about him because when we started this podcast, we're on episode 63. The first big episode that got listens for us was episode number nine because we called it the Mike Madonna episode. <laughs> That's great. We just we just named it. it. You know, it's number nine. Let's Man. name it the Mike Madonna. And we got more listens than any other one because I think people thought that he was going to be on the show. Yeah. And they were like, I want to hear what he has to say. And then thankfully, Vern Fiddler came in a couple episodes and saved us as our, our first big guest. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's. I think there is a tangent of Stars fans that are there. Um, I think we are a bit of a disgruntled fan base overall. I just wish that a lot of people would understand that, you know, you have guys like Klingberg on this team right now, and we're very fortunate to have guys like him. And, you know, if there are players out there that deserve a little bit of grief. It's not guys like him. It is the Hansels. It is the Nachushkins. It is the Honkas. It's the guys that came in and just didn't pan out. It didn't put up any kind of numbers, and they just kind of fizzled away. Man, I kind of wish I was on next week for the Tana Caro special. Yeah. Oh, we reached out to him. We wanted to have him on. That get, he's a man, that would have been a good one. Sixty-four yeah. for damn. Maybe you'll be the uh, special uh, uh, angel guest, uh, asking questions recorded throughout the week. That when we when we get a uh, guest on. <laughs> well, thank you for including me in the Mike Ribeiro episode. I appreciate that. <laughs> yes, he was uh, one of our famous. We're, we're we've copied the almost Friday posts and. Uh, which has gotten a kick out of uh, Vern Fiddler and, and Marty Turco. We posted a couple of them last week, but we did have a Mike Ribeiro almost Friday uh, just to kind of throw fans off there. I know he was so well-liked around the league. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, th- God, I could go on tangents about former players. This is – I'm so glad you guys brought I me. Mean, what- We're going to have to have a follow-up to this. Yeah, like, we'll definitely we, yeah. still have you back. There's a couple yeah, questions please, we've been please. skipped over because – Maybe a pre-playoff episode. Yeah, man, that that would be great. My guy Marty Turco, boy, you talk about you know, known as one of the best puck handling goaltenders of all time, mm-hmm. and he was right here in Dallas. I mean, yep. there's just been so many good players that have you know played in DFW. I just hope Stars fans appreciate that people look at them as all time greats, and they mm-hmm. played you know in 
in this house that we revel and that we yell stars. Absolutely. Yeah. Turco, uh, we were very fortunate to have him on recently uh, in the past couple months. And he was, that guy is, not only is he a great puck handling goaltender, he's, he's a pretty damn funny guy. And oh, uh, yeah. he's, he's a lot of fun to sit down and chat with. Good dude. And, yeah. Same thing with Vern Fiddler. Not only have we had some great players that are fantastic on the ice, we've had some fantastic guys off the ice and, and we're really, really lucky to have them come through this city. And, and a lot of them call it home after they're done. Uh, that may or may not have anything to do with, you know, state taxes, but that's a different, different topic. But uh, well, if you guys don't have anything else, I mean, we, we usually keep these at about an hour and we all discuss amongst ourselves because you know, you're just giving this amazing insight. We could literally talk all night if given the time. So um, I do want to let you go though. I know, you know, the hockey Hawk has plenty of eggs to watch over uh, there at the Odyssey <laughs> studio. <laughs> hey guys, thank you so much. This was an honor and a pleasure and congratulations on uh, 60 plus episodes. And truly it's been a thrill and uh, really look forward to uh, coming back on again. You guys are easy to talk to and you guys are great conversationalists and and I appreciate what you guys are doing as far as attempting to grow this great game in DFW and throughout Texas. So go water hockey. Appreciate it. We appreciate it. We ha- we're going to put you on the spot for one more thing because we always have uh, e- each one of our guests do a little special sign-off of their own because we all have our own sign-off. So what's the Hockey Hawk sign-off? Oh, wow. Man. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that's a, that's a, that, that's a good one. So, you know, for fans of this wonderful podcast, I'm going to answer questions, you know, be very candid. Would I drop the gloves with Craig Ludwig? Absolutely. Would I drop gloves with these three grinders? No way. <laughs> that's fantastic. Patrick, Patrick, you know what to do. Stay sassy. Always. <laughs> uh, stay moist y'all <laughs> and uh, no matter who you drop the mitts with don't forever for any reason forget your Kermit tattoos <laughs>